0: Welcome to the Reset Podcast. I'm Liz Tran, an executive coach to founders and CEOs of fast growing tech companies, and I attribute my success to my spiritual practices, which are rooted in mindfulness and Zen Buddhism. In this podcast, I combine business advice with spiritual lessons to help you lead a courageous, authentic, and fulfilled life. Welcome to this week's podcast. Thank you guys for joining me here. I am really excited about today's topic, which are boundaries, and the title of the episode is Boundaries, 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 because we're talking all about them today, and I'm pretty fired up about them because I spent this weekend reading an entire book about them. I highly recommend this. So a lot of the information that I'll be sharing today comes from this book called Set Boundaries, Find Peace, A Guide to Reclaiming Yourself by Nedra Glover-Tawwab. She is one of my very favorite Instagram therapists. She's actually a real therapist, IRL. She has a pretty popular Instagram account where she writes a lot about boundaries. And her book is new. I think it just came out a few weeks ago. It gives you all this in-depth information that you wouldn't be able to get just from Instagram posts. She's an excellent writer. The book is filled with different examples from her clients who had difficulty setting boundaries. She tells you what boundaries are, why we have trouble setting them, misconceptions about them, why people are afraid to activate them, put them in place, and basically how to do it across a bunch of different dimensions in your life. So how do you create boundaries with your family? How do you create boundaries at work? How do you create boundaries with social media, in romantic relationships, and how do you create boundaries with yourself as well as i was reading it i thought to myself damn i wish i had this book when i was learning how to set boundaries years ago just to walk you through a brief history of my challenges with boundaries i didn't have any boundaries for the majority of my life and there's this really great list that Nedra shares in the book that was also one of her first Instagram posts to go viral, and I'll just read it to you. It says the signs that you need boundaries. One, you feel overwhelmed. Two, you feel resentful toward people asking for your help. Three, you avoid phone calls and interactions with people who might ask for something four you make comments about helping people and getting nothing in return five you feel burned out six you frequently daydream about dropping everything and disappearing seven you have no time for yourself and i will add a couple things to that list i had these completely enmeshed codependent relationships not just with my friends but but also with my brother and all of my romantic relationships. And what I mean by that is that I treated their lives and their issues and their problems as if they were just as and even more important than mine. So if I had a friend who was experiencing a challenge, I would drop everything and try to fix it for them. My brother has struggled with alcohol dependency, alcoholism his entire life, and I have always tried to make it my responsibility to push him and keep him on a healing journey even when he didn't want to, right? And I would spend all this time becoming so presentful and so worked up and so worried about him when he wasn't doing any of the same. And in my relationships, I was known for dropping everything in my life and letting my whole reason for being revolve around my partner. Whatever their career aspirations were, I would work hard so that they could get my support in getting there. I would spend all my spare time doing the things that they were interested in, their hobbies, hanging out with their friends. And I deprioritized myself in a lot of these relationships. When I look back, what I recognize about myself is that my lack of boundaries stemmed from a couple of places. The first most obvious one was that I needed to be needed. I didn't think that I was a person of worth and value unless I was needed by someone else. And the more foundational place where that comes from was that that was the role I played as a child. I was very much the emotional support system and a caretaker for my mother versus the other way around. And she would only really give me attention when I was doing something that served her. And along the way, the message that I downloaded loud and clear was that my only worth was related to being useful to someone else. And if I wasn't useful, I wasn't going to receive attention and I wasn't going to receive love. My childhood was certainly unusual. I was raised by a single mom who was extremely emotionally negligent and who most likely had some mental health issues. So that's not the case for most people. (laughs) And I'm definitely not saying that that needs to be your situation in order to struggle with boundaries. I think a lot of us, no matter how loving or well-intentioned our parents are, have difficulty establishing boundaries because parents just didn't know how to raise children in this way. I think a lot of this languaging is relatively new. These days, we're all about like, this is my boundary, boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. That wasn't really a word that you would hear 15, 20, 30 years ago when all of us were being raised. And so there are little things that can cause children to feel like their boundaries won't be heard and don't deserve to be heard. So things like, you know, you tell a kid, hey, go hug your grandma. And the kid says, I don't want to hug my grandma. And then the parent says, go hug your grandma. Don't be rude. Or the kid might say, I don't want to have this for dinner. And the parent says, well, you need to eat what's on your plate. There are so many ways where as children, we can have our boundaries violated. And those categories are physical, sexual, emotional. For instance, Physically, you can have your boundaries violated as a child by inappropriate touch from a parent who's withholding affection, not being taught how to care for your body, or not being given proper clothing, physical abuse. So when you're hit or pushed or shoved as a child, or even when parents don't give their children privacy. So going through their belongings or stepping into their rooms without knocking or even reading private journals, things like that. Sexually, children can have their boundaries violated by being exposed to sexual jokes or innuendo, exposure to adult materials like magazines or sexualized videos, demeaning children based on their gender or sexual orientation, abuse like Being coerced into sexual act, emotionally you can have your boundaries violated by having your feelings minimized. So that's kind of what I'm talking about. Where when I was growing up, if I was upset or angry, if I was ever feeling a negative emotion, that was punished. And so my mother was telling me, "You do not deserve to have a preference here." And so you grow up thinking that way. This can also come about from being constantly yelled at, or if you're told by a parent what you should think and what you should feel all the time, or if you're told that your feelings are not okay, if you are made to be the go-between in conflicts between your parents, or you're gaslit, discouraged from having an opinion, if you're taunted by your parents, all this stuff, both indirectly and directly, tells children that your feelings don't matter and you are not enough. And that is the basis where inappropriate boundaries come into play. Because when you are told that your feelings don't matter and that you're not enough, you have a lot of hesitancy around being able to stand up for yourself and advocate for what you need and want as an adult. The way this manifested for me for much of my adult life was that I was so easygoing. Yeah, sure, whatever you want to do, whatever you want to do, I want to do it, right? I was very good with the flow. I was down to just follow along and tag along with whatever it was that my partner or friend or family member wanted to do, but I would be privately resentful about it. I never learned how to clearly and directly communicate my preferences, my needs, or my feedback. So as a result, I let all this resentment and anger fester within me. I was so passive aggressive and I would act upset about something and maybe later on I would completely burst, especially if I'd been drinking, I would just get so angry and so upset. But before or in the moment, I was completely unable to clearly communicate my boundaries and my preferences with people. After my big relationship ended in 2015, I think it was, yeah, I was with someone for four years, we were married. After that big relationship ended, I started re-going to therapy in earnest, and at one point I was going to therapy like two or three times a week for multiple months, and something that I recognized and that I saw in myself was how little I stood up and advocated for myself. And it wasn't even just in these close relationships. I could see it in even small interactions with the world. So if I was at a restaurant and something wasn't cooked the way that I asked it to be, I would just let it slide. Didn't want to bother the waiter. One weekend, I went upstate to a meditation retreat and my room was freezing. It was so cold in my room. And for hours, I just dealt with it. You know, I tried to just sleep through it. I think it was probably 25 degrees outside and this wooden house wasn't very well insulated and there was meant to be a radiator in my room, but when I tried to turn the radiator on, it didn't really work. And it took me hours to go downstairs and talk to reception because I didn't want to bother them and I didn't want to cause a fuss. Again, see how I'm putting my needs last and unable to advocate for myself. Another example of how I wasn't able to communicate at all during this time is when I was going through my next breakup. So after my divorce, I was in a relationship on and off for like a year with someone who I was totally heartbroken over, even though it was a relatively... Short and relatively casual relationship, but there was all sorts of trauma bonding happening there and all sorts of unprocessed emotions and blah, blah, blah. And I remember talking to one of my best friends and saying to her, you know, you haven't been here for me at all. You haven't checked in on me. And I just don't think you're a very good friend because you've completely abandoned me during this time of need. And I will always remember, she said, well, I asked you if you were okay. You said you were okay. And I asked you if you needed anything. And you said you didn't need anything and that it wasn't a big deal. So there was this huge gap between what I was feeling and what I wanted from people, what I expected from them, and what I actually said that I needed. So it was about five or six years ago that I really started to work on this. And anyone who knows me now probably thinks it's so funny that I ever had problems with boundaries, because if anything, maybe I've moved a little too far in the other direction. And, you know, sometimes my boundaries are actually a little too rigid. I think part of that is, you know, when you swing the pendulum one way and you try to get it to the other side, you swing a little too far. So I really have been experimenting with boundaries My husband would probably say when I first met him three years ago that my boundaries were extremely rigid. I never let him sleep over at my place for probably the first six months that we were dating. I never went and spent time with his friends because I said, you know, I want to spend time with my friends and I'm not doing anything that I don't enjoy. I chose the restaurants we went to. I made sure to very clearly vocalize what my boundaries were and weren't. And I was very hard to compromise with in the beginning. And I think it's because I was so afraid of having my needs trampled again (laughs) that I was very much on the defensive. So now it's been a few years since that original boundary work that I started in 2015, 2016-ish. And I think I'm in a really good place. And this is not to say that it's gonna take people five years to redo their boundaries. This is just my experience. I think maybe I'm a little bit of a slow learner, kind of a stubborn person when it comes to life. Even while I was still struggling, really good benefits started to come into my life once I started standing up for myself a little bit more. On the other hand too, I lost a lot of really important relationships. And those two things are actually not mutually exclusive. I lost a friendship with One of my best friends, someone who had been in my corner and been my supporter and been like a sister to me since I was 15 or 16 years old, who, you know, she's a really, actually a really good person, but I don't know if we necessarily had a healthy relationship. And that's something that I see as being a really good thing that we're no longer friends. And I see it as being a really sad thing that was very hard at the time. With this friend at the time, I started to express more and more of what I needed. So for instance, I said, hey, you know, I've noticed that in a lot of our recent conversations, it's been a lot of you talking about yourself and talking about what's going on with you. And I would love if we could aim for more 50-50 time where I can talk about myself and you can ask me questions and then we can do vice versa. And she said, yeah, okay, I guess I can try to do that. But, you know, I have so much going on right now. And then I got really upset with her because when I was going through a breakup, I called her right away and then she sort of turned the conversation back to herself. And I said, you know, this is not okay. And she said, you know, I have a lot going on in my romantic relationship, too, that's very stressful. And I said, yeah, I get that. But you're not the one who just got broken up with an hour ago. At least let me have this one conversation tonight. And then I started asserting boundaries around what I wanted to talk about. I was in a space where I was getting over some significant body dysmorphia and really, really harsh self-criticism around my looks and my weight. And I, at that point was really closely managing what I was eating. And I was trying to break free from that and love myself and embrace myself. And my friend was still very much, very critical of her own appearance. And she would often say things that were pretty triggering to me when I was trying to break free. And she would be like, oh, I'm fat and I'm so ugly. My legs are so big. And this person is objectively gorgeous. Like literally all of my best guy friends have been in love with her at some point and people literally just tell her she's so beautiful all the time. And I said to her, Hey, you know, this is actually something I'd rather not talk about. If you're going to complain about your looks, then I don't really want to be in that conversation. I'll just end the conversation. So things were starting to, to pile up. I was starting to express myself more, which I hadn't really done. And the breaking point came when I had to postpone a trip that I was going to make to go see her and help her move by a day. So I literally was just going to be late for a day because I had to work. And it was my fault that it was a last minute thing. But it was also a really, really, really important work meeting where I basically was flying to Philadelphia to help close a deal that we really, really wanted to close. And it was really important to the firm. And I get that in that moment, I was choosing work over my friend, but I was still going to go. And she got really mad at me. We said things that were really awful to each other, and we pretty much never spoke ever again. And I reached out to her maybe a couple years ago when I heard she had a kid, and she was like, you know, I'd rather not talk to you. And I had to really respect that boundary. And I think she and I were just growing in different directions This was around the time when I met Dev, my husband, and when I was starting Reset, and I was dedicating my life to this idea that I could be brave, and I could be courageous, and I could go for what I wanted. And it was something that I'd never really felt before, and she wasn't really in that same place. So we drifted apart, and the way I think about that is that boundaries helped us get to there faster. The relationship was on its way out. It was on the cusp of ending eventually anyway, and the boundaries just simply helped that happen. And I think that where boundaries get kind of a bad reputation is that people think that they are these walls that are meant to keep people out that they cause strain on relationships and result in you losing people. But really what they are is they're not walls. A boundary simply shows people how to exist in a relationship with you. And if they are not willing to exist in a relationship with you in a way that is fair, in a way that respects your needs, then what's the point in being in a relationship with them? I was only able to assert myself and to stand up for my boundaries once I began believing that it was better to find new relationships and to go through the hard work of finding new friends who would respect me than to compromise myself and to remain in relationships that didn't meet my needs just because that is what I thought I deserved. And for the longest time, I didn't think I deserved anything more than relationships that didn't treat me well. That was all I thought I deserved. In this time period of you know 2015 until now, I've had a lot of people cycle out of my life and it's been really challenging, but I'm also grateful for this boundary work. I think too, I learned how to assert my boundaries when it came to work and that led me to quitting a really toxic environment and a really toxic industry and having the courage to do that and giving up so much, right? Like giving up a half a million dollar a year salary to pursue my own business because I started to say, no, I will not give up my life to work for you. I will not compromise my values to work for you. And no amount of money and no amount of prestige is worth sacrificing my own set of beliefs. And it took a while for me to get there because in the beginning of my adult life, I was like, yeah, whatever, I'll sacrifice anything in order to be loved. So here I am now. And to this day, I think I still feel some guilt about setting boundaries sometimes And what I really love about this book by Nedra Glover-Tawab is that she says, it's okay. You're always going to feel guilty when you're setting boundaries. But the thing is that that discomfort in the short term is what you choose over feeling resentment and anger in the long term. So essentially, I say, I'm willing to deal with this guilt that I feel that isn't real, but it's just internalized from my childhood and the way I grew up and that is the trade-off I'm making I would rather have this discomfort now than have long-term resentment and anger that's just eating me up on the inside there is a mantra that I would whisper to myself for years while I was learning how to establish boundaries and that was do not betray yourself to please others do not betray yourself to be loved I'll say it again Do not betray yourself to please others. Do not betray yourself to be loved. So now let's actually talk about how to set boundaries. And maybe we should actually start off with like, what the heck is exactly a boundary? I think I loosely defined it at the beginning of this episode. But a boundary is a cue to others about how to treat you. A boundary is a cue to others about how to treat you. Basically, it can be explicit by saying something like, hey, I'm about to share something and I'd like you to keep it just between the two of us. Or it can be implicit, like having an area in your house right by the front door where people can put their shoes because you have a boundary where if people enter your home, you'd like them to take off your shoes. And essentially, the meaning of why we do them is because One, they are there so that you can be safeguarded from extending yourself beyond where you're comfortable. They are a self-care and wellness practice. They help to define roles in relationships. They help to communicate what behavior is acceptable and unacceptable. And they're a way to communicate your needs to others so that you can have clarity, safety, and healthy relationships. The thing about boundaries, I think people think that they're mean or that they're harsh, but they're not. They're actually neutral. So if you think that telling someone what it is that you need is mean, <laughs> then you maybe you need to think about it because it's not mean. And the thing about boundaries is that they're not something that people can guess. I think a lot of us hope and wish that the people around us can read our minds, but they really can't. We can't read our loved ones' minds and our loved ones can't read our minds. So boundaries are this amazing way to facilitate closeness and healthy relationships because you're telling the other person exactly what it is that you need so they can go and respect that wish from you and vice versa. If Everyone in the world had healthy boundaries. Think about where we would be. It would be amazing. We would all know exactly how to behave with each other so we could treat each other with respect. We would all feel confident and strong knowing that what we ask for will be met. Okay, so now that we've talked about what boundaries are, let's talk about how to do them. In Nedra's book, she gives this two-part formula for setting boundaries. And the first step is being really clear in terms of your verbal communication. So be clear, be direct, don't use jargon. Don't take multiple sentences to explain what you need. Just get straight to the point. And then the second piece of that is a statement of a need or a request or a no. So basically the first part is being clear and direct The second part is articulating a need, a request, or a no. And here are some examples that she gives in the book of some great boundaries. When we have a disagreement, I'd like you to use a lower tone and take a break if you feel like you're getting too heated in the argument. Also, I will mention when I'm becoming uncomfortable with your tone. So there, this person is very, very clear, right? About what they want. They're saying that they would like for their partner to have a lower tone and would like for the conversation not to get too heated and that they will give an indicator of when that's happening straight into the point. If this person were doing it indirectly, they might say something like, you're always yelling at me. You're getting so upset. Why is this argument getting so out of control? there's no direct request there, right? There's just statements, there's feelings, but there's no direct request made. So that is not actually a boundary. Here is another example of a great boundary. It is important to me that you honor plans that we set up. If you need to change plans, please text me a few hours before and let me know to respect my time. So in this case, this person is giving a very clear time frame, right? if you need to change your plans, let me know a few hours in advance. That seems fair. If this person were indirect and not clearly communicating their boundaries, they would probably just wait and wait and wait for the other person. And then when the person canceled plans, then they would be secretly upset about it. And then maybe the next time they would just say that they're busy. They wouldn't directly communicate their boundaries with this person that's basically it. It's not rocket science. It's pretty easy. It's literally, how can I say this thing that I need in the most clear and direct way possible? And to remember that you don't need to apologize. You don't need to apologize for setting a boundary. You don't have to be mean about it, but you also don't need to say, oh, I'm sorry that I'm asking for this. And then finally, if someone actually does violate your boundary, then you need to have a consequence. So let's use that last example where if my friend changes plans at the last minute after I've asked them not to, then I will say, I noticed that you once again changed our plans at the last minute without giving me a few hours of notice in advance. If this happens again, then I won't be able to hang out with you and then sticking to that, right? Because people need to know that the boundaries are real and that you mean what you say. And then for you too, individually, it's so important to act on the consequences of a boundary because in doing so, you're building your own sense of self-worth and your own sense of self-esteem to know that you are worth that boundary that you're setting. Thanks for listening today, guys. I highly recommend that everyone go out and read this book. This podcast was just a tiny, tiny little appetizer to all the incredible nuggets of wisdom that this book has. Again, it's called Set Boundaries, Find Peace. And I was so excited after I read it, I immediately started setting all these boundaries, being like, hey, if we're going to hang out with these people for Fourth of July weekend, these are the things I need hey, if we're going to accept gifts from this person, this is what we need to do. So I might have taken it to the extreme, but it made me really excited and really energized to think about the boundaries of my life. I'm also building a lot of boundaries now around my social media consumption. So I've recently decided to delete the apps off of my phone inspired by this book, which has a whole section about creating boundaries for technology. And I've also been inspired lastly to create boundaries around my work. I coach founders of early stage tech companies, so it can often be feel like those boundaries are a little bit porous because they need me to chat with them at all hours of the day and night, and I know I can do a better job of setting up clarity on when I am contactable and when I am not able to be contacted because I'm away from my devices. So please, please read this book, have fun, and enjoy the process of loving yourself, respecting yourself, and setting boundaries for yourself. And if you've enjoyed this episode or others, please, please, please rate us or review us. And it just helps others who are interested in the same type of personal development to discover the podcast. And please keep sharing it on Instagram stories. I've really loved seeing the fun ways that you're sharing the podcast and I'm deeply indebted to all of you guys for being such amazing listeners. See you next week.